It was funny, yesterday, I was reading in, in 2 Kings, and God speaks to this, this man, and he says, I need you to go. The children of Israel have started worshiping Baal, and they have completely turned away from what I have called over their life, and they are just in left field, doing their own thing, and he calls up this man, and he goes, and he destroys all these things. Says, but he went back to worshiping the golden calf. And so this man cleaned everything out, except for this one thing, this one thing. And my, and my heart is burning right now because I feel like he's literally speaking to me right now, and he's saying you're doing that same thing. And yesterday I was repenting for it and it's it's funny because now it's like I'm in this exact moment right now again and he's like you forgot the one thing and we've just been singing about the one thing and I want to make sure because we are singing it and it's so important and it's so true and we do speak about it but you need to hear it again because there's there's this moment right now where he is standing before each and every single one of us. I don't know if you need to close your eyes. Close your eyes if you have to. If you're getting too distracted by what's going on, just close your eyes for a second. But he has entered this room. This is not feeling. Like I said, this is not because of this and that. No, he has entered the room. And we were declaring that it's Jesus and him alone. And I need to make sure that each and every single one of you here understand that, that there is nothing else except Jesus and Him crucified. There is nothing else. We declared in that song that He was the one that can break the prince and the powers. He is the one that can rescue us. He is the one that can save us. He is the one that can set us free. It's not by these these powerful messages or powerful this or that. No, it's Jesus and Him alone. I'm telling you, please, I, I beg, just listen. If you forget everything else I say, just listen to this, that you need to find Jesus. You need to taste and see. that Just like that, that man who would become king, he had everything except he forgot the one thing. He forgot the one thing. And I really believe in this moment that he's wanting to bring us back to his first love. He's wanting to bring us back to be reminded of what he has done. And this is the thought that was even coming to my mind as I was on my knees just weeping. Again, not a feeling, but I think he, what he's trying to say is an understanding. When you understand where you are compared to him. Where you, when you understand what he has done compared to what you have done. When you understand what he went through so that you could come into the presence. Like I spoke last week about being able to enter into the gates, enter the courts, to enter into the holy place. There was a cost. There was a price. And we need to understand that as a as a body of believers, as people that have gathered to his name. I wasn't going to read this, but I'm going to. Romans chapter 1 says this verse. 
You can keep your eyes closed. I just want to read this over you. And this is the verse that got me yesterday. For all, for although, Romans chapter 1, verse uh, 21. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became fruitile and foolish. The heart, the heart were darkened. They claimed to be wise, and they became fools. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal men. And I was listening to that, I was reading that, and like I said, it tied so much into the, the, the king. He had everything he knew about him. He, he did all these things, but the one thing, he didn't glorify God in that moment. And this is, this is for me too. Like, I'm not just speaking this over you. This is, I, I've, even last night I was dealing with this and now I'm coming here again and it's the same thing. And so obviously God wants to do something in this moment. There's no reason to, to push away or to pretend. But God wants to do something in this moment that he realizes that you might know him. You might understand him. But do you glorify him? Have you understood what he has truly done in your life that you stop and that you fall on your knees and you worship him for what he has done over your life and what he has done because in Revelation Revelation chapter 4 and this is about Jesus being in the, the center and it says this, in the center around the throne were four living creatures and they were covered, or they covered their eyes in the front and in the back. Sorry, and they were covered with eyes in the front and in the back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third's face was like a man. And the fourth was like a flying eagle. And listen to this, day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. And to some people, this is what I'm saying, you have to, you have to start understanding it and, and growing in maturity in your Christian walk and that verse might mean nothing to you, but there's angels in heaven. It says right here in the word, there's four angels in heaven and they are fully covered with eyes all over their body. And I know to some you're like, that's disgusting. But you know what the reality is? That is the wonder and glory and holiness of Jesus. That there needs to be so many eyes fixed on him because of what he has done and the glory that he has shown to this world. And what can they say? All they can say day and night is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty.
my friend, can you say that right now? Or are you waiting for certain circumstances to change? And this, this ties into the, the, the new series that we're speaking about. This ties into the new series we're, ta- we're going to speak about. But I felt like before I could even start the series, I had to, we had to lay this foundation and almost remind ourselves that there's angels standing before him singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And we get to come like these moments, like right now. We get to come and we get to worship the one who has conquered it all. The one who has set us free. The one who has brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. The one who has given us eternity. The one that has given us a hope. The one that has given us salvation. He is the one that is worthy. And I know it's hard in life. There's circumstances that come up and they, they, they come into your, into your, into your life and you, you're trying to deal with them. And like we said, we, the only answer is Jesus. He, you need a touch from Jesus. You need Jesus to come into your life. And that's something I've been learning from testimonies even in this church. People will come to you and share these stories and you sit there and you're like, I got nothing, I'm so sorry. But I know one person who has everything. I know one person that has everything. And that's why all my job, today my job is just to point you to Jesus. Because there is no other way. There is no other truth. There is no other life except through him. And if you're dealing with something and you're going through something, he is the answer. He is the solution. He is the one that will fix the problem. I believe this new series that we're going to enter it's going to tie so much into rest because we've been talking about finding rest and as hopefully you've caught the only way to find rest is in Jesus and now the new series is going to be called Situationship and the way this works the definition of it is someone that lacks clear definition or commitment and why does this why does this tie in so much because we need to find rest in him and in his presence and as we find rest in him that outworks in us moving forward and moving out. People think rest is only when you're sitting there doing nothing and no, there's, you find rest in your activities. You find rest as you're moving out because rest is only found in Him and He calls us to move. And so this, this message is going to speak so much to it because now I believe with this message, it's going to start picking at things that we've become comfortable to that we haven't actually defined in our life things we haven't defined and we've just got become comfortable in our minds and in our hearts and we've just said like this is just how life is this is what's going on but what he wants to do is so much more 
what I'm after today is situations that have been compromised. Situations that have been compromised. In our life, situations come up and we just know this is just, it's okay. Let me just push it to the side. But no, I believe that he wants to start dealing with these things. And as we found rest, is now these things are starting to come. It's like, but I still have this. And the situations need to be dealt. And I believe that just like in relationships, you know God has told you to leave. Or there's no definition for this relationship. You're just hanging out, but it's been four years. And he's saying, what, what is the purpose of this? Is this bringing me glory? I believe that there's people that have been running and running the race that they thought marked before them, but the whole time he was asking you to run after him first. To run after him and then all these things will be added to you. To, to understand that the titles you have been given are, are mantles, they're, they're for reasons, but not that the title becomes above God. Not that the title becomes greater than God. Not that the, situ the circumstance that you're walking through, not that, not that the situation that you're walking through becomes greater than God. Or maybe it's a place that when things get hard in life, you always run to that place. Or you go back to that thing or that, that addiction or that pain and you find yourself time and time and time again, you're, you're wanting to find rest, you're wanting to find these things and you keep finding yourself going back and back to these things when he's saying, come to me first. And Jesus says this really important statement. The Pharisees and Sadducees are trying to trip up Jesus and they're like, we got him here. We have this really hard question that we're gonna ask. And they say, what is the greatest commandment? And they're standing there and they're expecting Jesus to to struggle with it and he stands before them and he says love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment and if you see that if you see that what he speaks out he's pointing you right back to him He's saying with your heart, with your soul, with your mind, that means all emotions, that means all areas of life, that means in every aspect of your, your day, everything that you walk through, there is a reason, there is a purpose, and you need to bring it back to Him. You need to lay it down before Him. And I'm wondering how many people in this room, you know there are circumstances and you know there are things that you thought would have been broken, you knew, you thought would have been, would have been changed and you've tried, you know what I mean, going to conferences or you've tried to meet up with counselors or you tried to, to deal with it with your friends or you went to your parents or your, 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 your colleagues and your, your co-workers and finding it in your job or money or whatever it is. When he was all along standing there saying, I'm here. And I want to help you. And like it says, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. I feel like in our heart, in our lives, how often do we think we, we know the way or we have it figured out or we know the answer? But he's saying surrender it. Lay it down at the altar. Like I spoke last week about the living sacrifice. We each are royal priests. We all have our own altars. And he's saying, lay it down. Surrender it to me. Let me speak into this moment. Let me speak into your life. Let me change your life because I am the only way. I am your only hope. And I'm, and this is why I, I, I'm so stuck on this piece is because when we can understand who Jesus is, there would be no, everyone would, would be 100% I am. Like, why would I not? But that's the problem. And that's why we're going to go into this series is because there's things that have come in each and every single one of our lives that have just become comfortable, that have just become normal, that have just been okay. But I'm telling you, there, these are the things that we need to focus on. And we need to start asking God to speak into these moments. We need to start asking God to, to, to come into my life and in my quiet time, in my, in, my, in my time even in church, start speaking these things out. Start sharing these things. It's because it's like in my life, it was so funny. Again, what God has been doing. Last week, someone came up to me and it was a, a close uh, relative. They came up to me and started sharing this this story that they saw over me and um, pretty much the bottom line was they were saying I was I was prideful I was like oh wow okay thank you <laughs> thank you for that and so I'm standing there or sitting there and we're just chatting and I'm trying to defend myself and kind of give clarity to why I was feeling this and why I was speaking this but as she as she was speaking to me I realized I was wrong as she was speaking to me, I realized what I was, what I actually was doing was prideful. And if you know me, I'm a very, again, I'm, I'm a very humble person, I thought. And in that moment, she, she poked to this one thing, and I literally was sitting there, and I was like, wow, like, I can fully hear the Lord speaking to me here in this moment. I can see him ministering to me through this person. And it was such a, a, such a humbling moment because I thought I was humble. I thought I had it all figured out. I thought I was, I was in a good place. And pride, no, that's, that's not for me. That's, that's for someone else. Or oh, that someone else is dealing with that. But it got smacked right into my face. It was placed right in front of my face. And there was no way of denying it. And in that moment, I had to understand, was I going to define myself with this or become comfortable with this and just, you know what, that's just something people deal with. Uh, you know what, that's just how people live their life and you know what, like, 
what, is, what do they know? They don't know anything. They don't even know who I am. I've done all these things. I've tried all these things. I've, I've given my life for this. And I, now someone's here telling me that I'm wrong and I need to ch- check my heart. Like, who is this person here? And I could have made it okay in my mind. I could have com- made it, um, made it, had a comfort in it and be like, you know what, Lord, I, I just, I give it to you. I'm, I'm sorry, and you know what I mean, like the little short repent, Lord, I repent, I'm sorry, and you just kind of continue your life, and you just keep moving on, and you, you know that deep down you did not really stop and repent and ask for forgiveness in that moment. But it was so interesting because that moment happened, and I stopped, and it shined a light on my dark place in my life. And I realized in that moment that I needed Jesus to speak to me in that moment. And he did. And I found freedom in it. And I found breakthrough in it because of what he was speaking to me in that moment. And it's so important. And this is what this, is what this whole series is going to be about. is about these situations that we've just become comfortable with. Just became okay with. But Jesus is saying, no, there's more for you. There's more over your life. He's called you for more. And he doesn't want you to just, like I said, the the king had one sin. Like in Romans, the person knew who God was, but never praised. And if we are going to mature, if we are going to grow, if we are going to move forward as a church, if we are going to keep growing and moving and running after what God has placed over our life, we need to understand that we need to start surrendering more. We need to start looking into our life. We need to start seeing areas that we've been deceived. It's funny, I heard a famous preacher and he was saying, I started praying a, started praying a prayer. Lord, reveal where I've been deceived. And the definition of deceived is you don't even know what it is. You can't know because then it's not deceived. If you knew, it's not deceived. Right? And in that moment, it was, that was the reminder because I started praying and then it spoke to me right away. And I was like, oh, wow. This is a place that I was being deceived. This is the place, this is a situation that I didn't realize was standing at the front of my door trying to get in. But by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, it was able to be revealed to me. And in that moment, you have a choice to... to to, 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 to change it. You have a choice, a chance to change it. Each and every single one of us. And as we go through this series, you're going to see things are going to start coming up. Things are going to be brought to the light. And that's what, like it says in the Bible, when things are brought to the light, there can't be darkness. Like if you want to get closer to what God wants to do, if you want to get closer in your, your, your quiet time, in your worship, in your, in, your, in your public ministry, in your relationships, in your family, if you want to see things move, things have to go. It's like it says in the verse, you have to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, not half your heart, not half your soul, not half your mind, but all. And so as things start to be revealed to us, we need to have a heart ready to be able to surrender it 
or lay it down or lay it on the altar and let him speak into the situations. Let him speak into your, the moments. And as we do this as a body, as we do this as a body of believers, you will see the changes. You will see the growth. You will see the breakthrough. Because like I said, we've, we've witnessed it even in other people and even in myself. And I keep saying this and it's so true, but when you speak it out, you'll be tested on it. But as you're tested on it, you move forward and you move and you keep moving and you keep moving. And you little by little, you, it's, it's called sanctification. It's a fancy word, but it means being set apart. It's being set apart. It's being set apart. It's being more like God. Like I said last week, be holy for I am holy. That's the standard. And obviously in our flesh it is, it is going to be extremely hard. But with his, with his strength and with his, his power, we are able to walk that out and move in that, and, and move in that direction. And so that comes back to it. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of it? And I think because so often in our lives, we, we stop and we think and we say, I don't know if I want to go through that work. I don't know if I want to make that change. I don't know if I want to deal with it. And I think that's the, this is the, the tension point that will be through this, this series is that you can show up and just, you know what I mean? That was a message. That was nice. Or you could even say, oh, that was a little weird. I didn't really receive that. That was kind of challenging to myself. I don't know if I want to, you know what I mean, deal with that right now. Or you can understand, and this is the part where we have to, as, as a body, is understand who he is more and more and more. Because we understand how holy and how precious he's, he is and what he has done for us in our lives. Then we're going to take the other side. We're not going to just be comfortable with what's going on and around in our life. But we're going to start asking. We're going to start praying. We're going to start getting people around us praying for these things. And we're going to start seeing things start to break in people. And people to be start being set free. But if you don't understand that he's worthy, then I can promise you right now, you're, you're this, even this message right now to you is just going to be pushed to the side. This message right now will just be pushed over and you're just going to go on your way. You're just going to go on with your life and just to continue doing the things that you've just continued to do. The things that these situations that you've just become comfortable with that aren't really defined, that you not really committed to, you're not sure why it happens, why you're dealing with this, but you know what, this is just how it is. I just, I deal with it like this. When he's speaking something so much more. And why is he, I want to I add to this, because why is he worthy? Why is he worthy? And this is what's so beautiful. You can spend a lifetime searching and looking for why he is worthy and why he is so precious. But the cross is always such a great reminder to myself. The cross reminds me of why he is worthy. When you stop and you think of what he has done. What he has done for you and for me. I know... I hope, I hope the cross never becomes the, the, the basics that we just like forget about. Oh, that's just what we learned from the beginning. But the cross is something that you find and you look to 
and you research and you study and you appreciate and you give thanksgiving and you give praise and you give worship because there was a holy, perfect, spotless God that wanted to come into this earth and die on a cross so that we could have hope, that we could have a change in our life. Like I said last week, we were bought with the precious blood of Christ. Each and every single one of us here was not bought by silver or gold. There is an infinite value on each and every single one of your lives here in this moment. An infinite value. And the world's going to tell you differently. The, the world will say other things. The world will tell you, oh, you have to, like I said, back to the other ones, like your title and your worth and what you do for people around and how you deal with situations. That's how you find how valuable you are. But to God, you're everything because he was willing to leave and come down. And he went to the cross and he would shed his blood so that you and me could have a hope. That you and me could say you are worthy of it all. You are holy. That's why we can come together here like-minded after one goal, lifting the name of Jesus on high. And this is, this is again, is going to be the, te- the tension piece. Is going to be, is it going to come from every single time that waiting for the, the speakers to say things for us to grow in this area? Or is it that you're going to go home and you're going to want to know more about what he has done? You want to know more about who he is. You want to know more about this, this God that was willing to come into this earth. And I think this is going to be the, the, the pivotal thing in, in our relationship. It was funny. I was talking to someone last week and I was sharing about what did you learn from my message. And um, they were like, I don't remember. And I was like, oh, okay. Thanks for being honest with me. That's very nice. But I felt like God was speaking to me in that moment where he was saying, like, you can literally say anything and preach the absolute best message ever. And if they don't, go home and apply it or stop and think and make a change for themselves that it's no use. Like, the Holy Spirit has to reveal it. The Holy Spirit has got to convict you on it. That you go home and you're just like, let's, let me think about this. Let me go through this. Let me open my word. Let me, like, how do these people have this and I'm over here dealing with this? Or how do they have such a beautiful relationship and I'm over here feeling like I'm in a dry season right now? There is a reason for it. And each and every single one of you are responsible before God for your relationship. Each and every single one of you. He wants you to be in an intimate relationship with him. And that's why my heart burns for this. My heart, like, it burns so much. And as we were singing even the the last song, I was on my knees. I was just crying. I was just thankful that I was even in this space to be able to lift the name of Jesus on high. To sit here and to see a, a, a bunch of people here under the sound of hearing Jesus, 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 understanding that there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we will not be saved. It's only through Jesus. Change in your life is only through Jesus. Salvation is only through Jesus. 
Breakthrough is only through Jesus. Healing is only through Jesus. Financial aid or support is only through Jesus. The things that you're dealing with from your past, these, these things, that, situations that you've been holding on to, only broken by the name of Jesus. Not by the pastor coming and doing a certain thing. I can lead you and guide you, but it's between you and Jesus. And so I hope you're encouraged even too to understand that you can play a part. You don't have to wait for certain things to happen for you to get to this place. You don't have to wait for um, the, the proper message for you to get to this place. Or you got to listen to the perfect YouTube sermon or go to this conference for this. They're all good. They ignite a fire. But you are the only one that keeps the fire going. You are the only one that keeps the fire moving. And, and, and you're, you're the one adding the logs. You're the one on your hands and knees praying. You're adding a log. You're the one opening up the word. You're adding a log. You're the one going to church and praying or speaking into people's lives. You're, you're the one fan, fanning the flame. You, there's, there's an action to what we need to do. There's an action piece to what we need to do. You can't just sit there and, and, and just expect it doesn't work like that. That's why the Holy Spirit convicts you to go and do, right? There's a conviction for that you would move and go do. But the problem is you can close the door on the Spirit as he speaks to you, right? You can shut the door and say, I don't want to hear about this. Or you can just say, oh, this is just another message. Let me just put it to the side and just go on with your life and go back outside. And you know what I mean? It's great fellowship, communication, uh, community, all these things. But then you, you forget even what just happened right now in this moment. But this moment, I, I, I believe, is God ordained, reminding people of what Jesus has done. And understanding, is he worthy?